Good morning. Good morning. Once again, I am not Tim Hobbs. I am Mary Rye, um, a member here, chaplain at the hospital. Tim, our pastor, is at Berry College in Atlanta. Uh, Tim is a graduate of Berry College, as you all know, and he was invited to give the alumni sermon this morning. at Berry College, and we are very proud of him for being selected uh, among the alumni uh, to bring the sermon in this morning's chapel service. Um, so we 
uh, energetically and enthusiastically sent him on his way. Um, so welcome to Community Baptist Church. If you are a guest with us, we are more than glad that you are here. You will find little red folders on the end of your pews. If you will take that and sign it and pass it down the pew, um, give us as much information as you are comfortable with. If you will give us your email address, then we will send you our e-newsletter every Thursday um, so you can keep up with what's going on. You are welcome at Community Baptist Church. If you will turn your order of worship over to the announcements, let me just, I'm going to hit a couple of them. Uh, missions and ministry team is meeting today at 3. No, that's no, We are not meeting today at 3. <laughs> okay, then. Um, the present future study is meeting tonight at 5 o'clock. This is your next to the last session, correct? Uh, ish. And um, there will be two guests among you all tonight. So uh, if you are part of that uh, study, please let me encourage you to be there. Um, the volunteers for the King's Kitchen meal will meet Wednesday at 5 o'clock um, to establish teams and, and have some discussion about uh, other ways that we can help. Um, so if you are part of that serving at King's Kitchen downtown, um, please be here at 5. Um, is there anything we need to say about the stuff on the table over there? Take it. Feel it. Donations are... Yesterday we had our barbecue, our, our cookout um, fundraiser um, in an effort to help pay for the new AV system that, uh, uh, air conditioning, not AV, air conditioning system um, that we're uh, needing to use. Uh, they, these are homemade desserts that were made and um, not sold, so you're welcome to snatch one up. If you would like to leave a donation for those, um, there's a bucket over there, um, and we would welcome any donation that you want to leave for those. Um, but otherwise, you're welcome just to pick them up and run. Uh, anything else I'm missing? Hmm? Work day next Saturday. The deacons and anybody else interested in, in uh, doing some service projects, we're going to meet here next uh, Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. Um, we are going to do some work at the King's Kitchen, um, some painting and other things that need to be done. Um, there will also be a group here that will do the, some mulching and yard work um, here under the, the guidance and tutelage of Greg Gibson. Um, so if you would like to join the deacons in that uh, day of service, please meet us here next Saturday morning at 9 we will work from 9 to noon, come back for lunch um, and a nap. <laughs> um, and then we'll go back out about 1 o'clock and work until about 3. Um, so if, you were, if, if you'd like, please join us next Saturday. Um, let, me, um, let me encourage you to stand and greet one another. Um, as we go into our song of gathering. Hello. Oh. 
I didn't get the chicken. Pray with me. Loving, giving, almighty God, we gather in your house this morning, some of us out of habit, some of us out of convenience, some of us because we were told we had to come. But God, all of us gather because we need to. We need to know that we are loved, that we have a purpose that we matter, and that you know our names. We lift those to you whose bodies are defying them, and we ask your hand of comfort and healing. We pray for those whose hearts are grieving, hurting, anxious, and scared. We ask your presence and your peace. May all of us, O oh God, find rest and contentment in you. We hold to you our pastor, Tim, as he preaches your word at Berry College this morning. May he know blessing and the affirmation of your calling. He is your servant, God, and we give you thanks. 
for bringing him here to us. Thank you for loving us enough to meet us here. In the name of the one who loves and gives without measure, Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now would you please join me in the responsive reading. Worship is a gift from God. In worship, we are invited to come to the very presence of God, to be met by God's grace and encircled by God's love. Worship is a promise. Worship is demand. In worship, God demands from us the best of our heads and our hearts. God demands of us our very lives. With gratitude and joy, promise and hope, commitment and dedication, let us worship the Lord our God. today is a familiar passage. May we listen with new ears. John three fourteen through 21. 
And just as Moses lifted up the servant, the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light, because of their deed, because their deeds were evil. For all who do, who do evil hate the light and do not come into the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of God for the people of God. our church. We're glad you're here. Look at you. you you're the only guy, so we're going to have to look up to you to be the leader, okay, when we go upstairs. Morning, ladies. Oh, here comes another lady. Look at this. Look at everybody's got their flip-flops on. That's okay. You, you got shoes on. Well, that's okay, too. Yeah. Uh, the beach. Who's ever been at the beach and walked through the... I know you're going to the beach. Myrtle Beach, tell me about what you do in the sand. Sand castles, do you take walks in the sand? You swim, yes. Isn't it cool when you... Well, you don't swim in the sand, you swim in the water, but then you get out in the sand. Isn't it cool when you walk in the sand and then the water comes up and you walk and you have two footprints, and then what happens when the water comes up? Whoosh, it washes away. I'm going to share something with you. You guys know this is hanging upstairs, but have we really ever read it together? Remember Mary 1 over there? I'm Mary 2. She's Mary 1. When she was talking, she said, um, when she opened up, she said, you all matter. You do matter. You matter to your parents. You matter to your grandparents. You matter to your church family. And you matter to your teacher. And you matter to God. And the principal, too. Absolutely. So look how much you guys matter. You matter. Now listen to this. This is, says, footprints for children. The Lord will always walk with you. Will he, will he be like me and Kelsey? Will he hold my hand? He won't actually do that, but he is always with you. A long life's blessed beach. Now, do we live on a beach? No, but we can make it just as fun as a beach if we try real hard, can't we? 
did I dye my hair? We're off the subject a little bit. Let's, let's get back on the subject. That's okay, Gracie. It's okay, honey. You know what? It is what it is. Miss Mary's getting old. This is the way it's coming in. Okay. Good thing I have something to follow here. Okay, here we go. Listen, we got to go. You ready? Eyes up here. His footprints there beside your own. Now think of the sand and when you have your footprints down. Now think of God having his footprints beside you. His footprints there beside your own, always within reach. Two sets of footprints side by side from dawn to setting sun. You guys, what that means is God is with you from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed. His footprints are always right there beside you. He'll keep you safe. He will keep you warm. He will keep you fed as long as you believe in him. Yet there may come a day, my child, this is when you really need God, when you'll see only one. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in school and all the ugly stuff that goes on in the world that we forget that God is always with us. And that's when we look down at that sand and we may only see one set of footprints because we don't think he's really with us, but he is. When you'll see only one, but do not think the Lord has left you, nothing could be more wrong. It's just that he has picked you up to carry you along. So when you get all sad about something or you lose somebody in your life or something's wrong, you can always know that God's going to pick you up and carry you along. And just so you'll always remember that little saying, we have cards that we're going to give you upstairs, okay? You can have your own little card. So let's go upstairs and talk about the rest of today's worship. Thank you. 
Will you bow with me, please? Father, teach us each day to tend the garden of gratitude that we may gather the soul-nourishing harvest of appreciation and thanksgiving. We pray that you would guide us this day that we may be generous of heart and gentle of spirit as we offer our gifts in your name. Amen. Amen.
you're sitting in your living room watching a ball game. Football, basketball, baseball, golf. Pick a sport, it doesn't really matter. And the, cam the camera pans the crowd. And what is the first thing that grabs your attention? This, right? We find people holding up these signs in front of the camera all the time. It's not really a ball game until you see the John 3.16 sign. And we smile and think, I know that one. Now, if somebody, if somebody would hold up this sign, well, or maybe this one, well, maybe not so much. We might have to look one of those up. But you're curious now, aren't you? But we know John 3.16. If you're a good church-going people like y'all, you know John 3.16. You memorized it years ago. You've heard sermons about it. We know it as well as we know this. Or this. Or this. Hmm. Those who are not church-going kind of people know that at least it means something good, that it's probably from the Bible and it probably has something to do with God loving us. John 3.16. It was read earlier, but just for giggles, let's repeat it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. John 3.16. Everybody knows that, right? I met a woman whose life had become un in untenable. She had been divorced lost her job, her friends were not around, and it seemed that life held nothing but failure and disappointment. She was in a difficult place and didn't think she mattered to anybody anymore. All I said to her was, you are a beloved child of God, and he loves you more than you will ever know. And she burst into tears. The one thing she needed to hear was the truth, that she was loved, that she had value. She was somebody. For God so loved the world. Everybody knows that. I met a 16-year-old boy with a mohawk and lots of tattoos. He looked at me with such anger and disdain. This child was lost, and he was desperately trying to find his place in this world. But his words to me were, I am a militant atheist, and I have no need of you. For God so loved the world. Everybody knows that. I met a woman in her 30s who spent her entire life taking care of her parents. And now they were both gone. She had no idea what lay ahead for her, and she was scared. 
She was a woman of faith. She knew God was with her, but she needed to know that God would stay with her, that God would always be with her. She needed to know that God had had her in the palm of his hand, and he had plans for her now, that she wasn't going to go through the rest of her life wandering aimlessly, doing nothing. She needed to know she still had a purpose and that God had another job for her to do. And all I did was reassure her that God had a plan, and she was most certainly a part of it. She sobbed with relief. For God so loved the world. Everybody knows that. She remembers the night her cousin and she planned their funerals. She was 14 and her cousin was 16. Setting up late one night, they fantasized about what it would be like when they died. All the people who would show up, who would cry and share their stories and talk about how much they were loved. Death didn't seem like a bad thing to them because dying meant that they would finally be noticed. People would finally see them and treat them like they mattered. All they wanted was for somebody to come looking for them. Her mother was addicted to drugs and absent. Her father was unavailable. Her extended family tried to parent her, but it was limited by emotional dysfunction and economic restraints. No one seemed to care what she was going through, how she felt, or what would happen to her if things didn't change for her. She felt like she didn't matter. At the point she felt like she was going to, that like no one was going to show up for her. As a result, she said, I lived my life like I didn't matter, like no one cared. I made poor choices. I ended up only treating myself like I don't matter, but also treating other people like they didn't matter either. She'd see people dressed in nice clothes loading their families into the car for church on Sunday morning, looking across the street at her as if she should be ashamed of herself for not going to church. But they never asked her to go. She would see cars pulling into the church parking lot and people greeting each other as they went in to worship, but no one ever walked across the street where she and her friends were hanging out just to ask if they wanted to join them. It didn't cross their minds to, in, to take the initiative, primarily because it was clear by the way they looked at them or ignored them altogether that she and her friends were not welcome. She said, after all, if God and his people cared about me, then surely they would come looking for me. They would want me to know that I am loved, that I matter, that I have a purpose. For God so loved the world. Everybody knows that. We hear conversations all the time, or maybe we've even been part of the discussion about how the world is in such bad shape. There is war and rumors of war, 
There is hate and deception and apathy. There are folks who are weary and doubtful and overwhelmed. We hear that the situation in our world is now worse than it's ever gotten, that we are doomed, that God has turned his back on us because we are evil, sinful people. And if we don't straighten up, God's going to blow us all to smithereens. How could God possibly love the world like John 3.16 seems to tell us that God loves the world? The Gospel of John was written between 85 and 90 A.D., just before John was exiled to the island of Patmos, where it is said that he wrote the book of Revelation. And yet, just 20 years before John wrote this gospel, the world was in a big mess. In 64 A.D., Nero had burned Rome. In 68 A.D., a Judean rebellion broke out against Roman rule. In 69 A.D., Rome went through four emperors in one year, beginning with Nero and ending with Vespasian. And they didn't go through them that fast because they were impeached. The three prior to Vespasian were assassinated. In 70 A.D., Rome sent an enormous army under the command of Vespasian to retake Judea. The Roman army quickly subdued Jerusalem, the Jewish forces in Galilee, and laid siege to Jerusalem. Vespasian was recalled to Rome, and the siege continued by his son Titus. Titus succeeded in capturing Jerusalem and burned the city to the ground, killing or selling into slavery tens of thousands of Jews. In 79 A.D., Mount Vesuvius erupted. The eruption destroyed the Roman cities of Pompeii and Herculeum. Most of the city's populations managed to escape, but 20,000 people were killed. By 80 A.D., Vespasian had ordered the Colosseum built, the Roman Colosseum, but his son Titus finished it. It was used for gladiator games until 404 A.D. In 89 A.D., Domitian, who succeeded Vespasian, began a reign of terror after an abortive coup against him. Domitian levied heavy taxes against the provinces, and he was assassinated in 96 A.D. In the midst of war and rumors of war and hate and deception and assassination and political upheaval, John penned these words, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's not just this time in history that we have known wars and evil and hatred. 
And yet John's words in A.D. 85 are just as true for us today as the day he wrote them. For God so loved the world. Well, maybe you're like me and you tell yourself, well, God may love the world, but it's me. I'm not so sure about. Well, I haven't burned down a city or killed thousands of people. Actually, I haven't killed even one. Or used my position to wreak terror. I have been unkind. I have been judgmental. I have been selfish, jealous, angry, greedy, hard-hearted, and egocentric. I have been impatient, arrogant, insecure, and boastful. And yet, God loves me. God loves me enough to send his only son so that we may not perish but have eternal life. It isn't that we just escape damnation and punishment, which of course we absolutely deserve when we look ourselves in the mirror and admit to not only our shortcomings, but all of our outright sins. We don't like to call them sins. We prefer to call them mistakes, miscalculations in judgment, momentary lapses. Well, folks, mine are sins. But God loves me. God loves you. And we will not only not be damned, but we will have eternal life. We not only don't get what we do deserve, but we do get what we don't deserve. Mercy. Grace. Love. But in order for us to have that, God had to give up his only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Everyone needs to know that. Let us pray. God who loves the world, God who loves me, grant me the ears to hear those words anew. Grant me eyes to see those who need to know your love. Grant me a heart to not only accept your love for myself, but to be an instrument of your love for the world. God who loves the world, God who loves me, thank you. And God, we love you too. Amen. In the name of the one God sent, all of us, all of us are invited to come to this table, for we are family.
loved, forgiven, wanted, and accepted. We gather at our family table to remember the gifts given and the sacrifice made by our brother, Jesus the Christ. We are reminded to come to this table with open hearts, ready to receive, ready to let go, ready to claim who and whose we are. We are all welcome at this table. As you come to this table, you will have folks who will be standing here with bread and cup. You are welcome to take a piece of bread, dip it into the cup, and partake of it. If you would rather take communion in the traditional way, um, please just remain seated and somebody will bring the bread and the cup to you. Um, But if you would like to come forward, we ask that you start at the back and come up the center aisle and go this way to your back to your seats. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of my new covenant, the covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So as we prepare ourselves for the partaking of the communion elements, may we begin by saying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
We at Community Baptist Church are a family around a table where there is always room for more. If you would like to join this motley family of believers by professing Jesus as Christ or moving your membership from another church, you are welcome here. You are accepted here. You are wanted here. So let me invite you to come as you, as you need as we sing our closing hymn, Blessed Be the Tithes. It's 387 if you need to, if you need the words. As you go from this place, may God's mercy go before you. May God's grace walk by your side. May God's courage nudge you from behind. And may peace catch up with you and follow you all the way home. In the name of the one who was sent so that we know God loves the world. Amen. Thank you.